Donald Trump loves showing the American public how little he knows about the United States of America and its constitution itself every time he opens his mouth. And even after serving as president of the United States for four years, the man still has no idea how the constitution actually works. And here's a great example that he gave us this week in a post on truth social mad about president Biden working out a hostage negotiation situation or a prisoner swap, I should say, uh, with the country of Iran, Donald Trump got on truth social and then said that Republicans should use the 25th amendment to get him out of office. Here's what Trump said. So let's get this straight. We did a hostage trade with Iran. We gave them five very tough, smart people that they desperately wanted. We likewise got five people, but we also gave them $6 billion. How much of a kickback does crooked Joe Biden get? Does anyone realize how much money $6 billion is? Yeah. It's about how much your casinos lost, isn't it? When I was president, I got back 58 hostages for zero money. Remember pastor Brunson, it sets a terrible precedent. Republicans call out the 25th amendment. Now Biden is incompetent. Call out the 25th amendment right now. Okay. All right. 25th amendment. We're calling you out. Like, what is that? Like, that's not even grammatically correct. Like call out the 25th amendment. Now, he's been doing some weird crap over there. Call him out on that. Um, here's the thing, bud. The 25th amendment is used by the, the vice president and members of the cabinet when they believe that the president of the United States is in fact, no longer capable of doing their job. So Republicans, literally any Republican in this country, doesn't matter if you hold office or not, there's literally nothing they can do. They can't use, or as you say, call out the 25th amendment. You would think that as a president whose cabinet, by the way, after the January 6th Capitol riot did in fact discuss the 25th amendment, you would think you of all people would know that, but here's what's actually happening folks. This is not about the uh, prisoner trade. This is not about $6 billion. What's happening is Donald Trump is getting increasingly angry over the fact that polls are showing that voters view him as both too old and not mentally there enough to serve as president of the United States. So Donald Trump is now having to make a big, big deal of how he thinks president Biden is, as he put it there, incompetent. So he's going to be doing this more often. It's so funny because it's so predictable the way he responds to these things. But the second somebody tells him like, Hey, voters don't think you're mentally competent. He immediately projects that onto his opposition, which at this point is president Biden. So he's going to continue to harp on it because that is the criticism coming towards him. And he has to project that onto others. It's very predictable at this point, like his entire psyche, we can map out. Like it's almost like AI at this point, writing his posts on truth social because they are so formulaic. If there was a poll coming out, you know, later this week that said, Hey, a majority of people say they don't like your haircut. I guarantee you within a few hours, he would be posting about how bad Biden's haircut is on truth social. So that's what this is really about. It's not about the billions. It's not about trading prisoners. It's about his own insecurities and him trying to project those onto someone else.
Well, folks, looks like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates are at it once again, this time on social media, with the two of them fighting for the crown of the dumbest Republican in Congress. And I got to tell you, that is a grudge match for the ages, right? It all started when Matt Gates decided to take credit for Kevin McCarthy finally deciding to launch an impeachment inquiry into President Biden, in spite of the fact that Republicans in Congress, not all of them, but a good number of them, don't even support it. And in spite of the warnings from Republicans in the Senate and some Republican presidential candidates, McCarthy said, I'm going to do it. And Matt Gates, giddy as hell, got on social media and posted this. When Speaker McCarthy makes his announcement in moments, remember that as I pushed him for weeks, Kilmeade said I was, quote, speaking into the wind on impeachment. Turns out the wind may be listening. Kilmeade, of course, is uh, referring to Brian Kilmeade of Fox News. And Matt Gates is kind of using it as a ha-ha moment. I win, Kilmeade loses. And the reason for that, of course, is because Matt Gates had threatened, according to reports, that he was going to take to the floor on Tuesday and uh, do something about Kevin McCarthy, which, of course, would likely have been uh, Gates triggering a vote to strip McCarthy of his leadership. But he's taking credit for the impeachment. And that has pissed Marjorie Taylor Greene off something fierce, folks. Because as Green pointed out in response to Matt Gates' tweet, she is in fact the one who actually started the whole impeachment ball rolling. Here's what she said in response to Matt. I introduced articles of impeachment against Joe Biden for his corrupt business dealings in Ukraine and China while he was vice president on his first day in office. You wouldn't co-sponsor those and I had to drag you kicking and screaming to get you to co-sponsor my articles on the border. Who's really been making the push? You know, it's like if my wife and I were both separately deciding like, hey, we should go to Disney World. And my wife comes out and says, I am saying we're going to Disney World. And even though I wanted to go to Disney World, Then I argue with her like, well, I wanted to go to Disney World before you wanted to go to Disney World. So it's my idea for the family vacation. Like you're literally both getting what you want in both of the scenarios here, like me and my wife versus Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. So why the F are you fighting about it? Like you, you, you got what you wanted, but it's still not enough. Now, as I said, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates know that they have opposition within their own party to even doing this impeachment inquiry because they know that, as I've explained a hundred times, I don't need to get into it again. There's no good outcome for Republicans. Like even if you succeed, which you won't in getting Biden removed from office, you get 70% of Democrats right now that say, man, we wish we had a different Democrat running. So in the end, you'd just be doing them a favor. But the more likely scenario, of course, is that you fail and it improves Biden's approval rating and you guys get crushed in next year's elections. So no good outcome. And you're fighting like a bunch of lunatics over who's the dumber one, because it's a dumb plan. Your own party is telling you it's a dumb plan. And now you two morons are fighting over who gets to take the credit for such a dumb plan. But I got to tell you, if we're going to give credit to anybody It is in fact, Matt Gates. Matt Gates is the one who did hold his line. He threatened McCarthy. He played hardball and he won. Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't do that. So 
if anybody gets credit for being the dumbest one in Congress today, that is going to go to Matt Gates. On Monday, Donald Trump's lawyers filed a motion with Judge Tanya Chutkin asking the judge, well, not really asking, but really demanding that Judge Chutkin recuse herself from being the judge presiding over the forthcoming trial for Donald Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election results. And in their motion, they cited a couple different court rulings that Judge Chutkin had issued with regard, of course, to Capitol rioters. And in those rulings, well, one of them, and this is what they cited in their filing, they said, you know, this is what she wrote. Those voices, including the voice of the then president himself, had convinced persons such as Mr. Palmer that the election was fraudulent and that they must take action to stop the transition of the presidency. While many of the people who participated in the Capitol riot will be going to prison, the architects of that horrific event will likely never be charged with any criminal defense. Now, before I get into Judge Chutkin's response, let's take a moment here because what she said there was not untrue. And what she said there was also not an opinion. The Capitol rioter, of course, in this particular case had argued that, Hey, yeah, I did it. But these other people, meaning Trump pushed me to do it. And the judge was like, Hey, that may be true, but I'm not going to change your sentence because you say that these people convinced you to do that. That's still on you. And that's not untrue. Donald Trump is the one who convinced these people the election was fraudulent. He told them at the stop the steal rally to fight like hell to take your country back. So what she said was not inaccurate. And what she said was not an opinion. Those are the facts. And she also said that that has no bearing on my ruling here. So, okay. You want her to recuse herself over that? Judges are allowed, by the way, to kind of editorialize in their opinions. That is 100% allowed. So she did not do anything whatsoever that would make her need to recuse herself. And in fact, legal experts have also pointed out that Trump likely missed the window to get Chutkin recused from the case. She's been the judge on this case for six weeks, folks, six weeks. They have filed other motions in front of her trying to get the, you know, push the trial back, do this, do that. They have been working with her just perfectly for six weeks. And then now that they're out of other options, they're like, oh, well, you can't be the judge anymore. Yeah, that's not going to fly. If you actually had a reason to object to her being the judge, it should have been filed immediately upon her selection, not six weeks after the fact, which of course is why this will not be successful. But Chutkin, being the clever judge that she is, issued a response the same day on Monday, and she kind of smacked him down a peg. First, she wrote, Upon consideration of defendant's 50 motion for recusal, it is hereby ordered that the government shall file any opposition no later than September 14th, 2023, and the defense shall file any reply within three calendar days from the filing date of the government's opposition. All other deadlines set by the court remain in effect. Then she kind of sticks it to Trump's lawyers. She says, defense counsel is reminded of the requirement to confer with opposing counsel before filing any motion and to indicate whether the motion is opposed. See, 
September 5th, 2023, second minute order, future motions that fail to comply with that requirement may be denied without prejudice. So basically what she's saying is like, Hey, um, I'll entertain your motion for recusal, but just so you know, there's actually a rule in this court that if you're going to file a motion, you actually have to let the other side know before you file the motion and you have to put in your motion, whether or not the other side opposes it. I'm going to let it slide this time. Cause I'm being a little nice to you, but you do it again. And I will immediately reject your motion. No matter what that motion is for. Do you understand me? Yeah. Judge uh, Chutkin's not going to recuse herself. And it kind of sounds like based on her ruling that they've pissed her off. So rather than getting what you wanted, you did what you always do. And you just made things so much worse for your client. When she's not fighting with Matt Gates on social media, Marjorie Taylor Greene is engaging in actions that some would consider to be borderline treasonous against the United States of America. This week on 9-11 of all days, Marjorie Taylor Greene got on social media and actually suggested that states should consider seceding from the union. She is now openly talking about states like, Hey, maybe you should leave the union because Biden's policies are so bad that we should just straight up go right back into a civil war scenario. Now for the record, Marjorie Taylor Greene, this is not the first time that she has called for states to secede. She has been pushing this idea of a national divorce all year. And she's gotten a lot of pushback for it, a lot of blowback. Republicans are not happy about this, but this is the first time she is just straight up saying like, we ought to consider this. Let's get out of this country for good. Here is her exact quote from social media. If the Biden admin refuses to stop the invasion of cartel led human and drug trafficking into our country, states should consider seceding from the union. From Texas to New York city, to every town in America, we are drowning from Biden's traitorous America last border policies. So let me tell you something here. We have a law here in the United States. It's not necessarily a law, but it's a part of the constitution. And it's a part of the constitution that of course has been gaining a lot of media attention recently because it's section three of the 14th amendment stating that anyone who has either engaged in an insurrection against the United States or anyone that has suggested an insurrection against the United States should be barred from holding office in the United States ever again. And that amendment was passed shortly after the United States civil war to prevent traitorous, treasonous people who wanted the country to be split in two from ever holding office again. Do you get where I'm going with this? Because green is clearly, well, one, she's misrepresenting what's happening at the border to begin with. And number two, she is saying, suggesting, maybe consider it seceding from the union, but to even think about breaking up the United States of America. How is that not considered treason? I mean, I'm, I remember a time because I was doing this at the time during the Iraq war, 
Democrats all the time, liberals getting accused of you're America hating scum. If you hate this country, why don't you leave it? And now the same party that used to say that is out there saying like, Hey, what if we just secede from the union now? You don't openly suggest seceding from the union if you truly love this country, right? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that patriot is not a word that should ever be used to describe Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is literally doing the thing that that section three of the 14th amendment was put in place to stop, to prevent people like that from having a voice in Congress, a voice that could destroy the very fabric of this country itself. Cause we just went through it when they passed the 14th amendment and they're like, let's never do it again. Let's get these extremists out of office forever. So if ever there was a time when section three of the 14th amendment should apply and should be used to bar somebody from holding public office ever again, it should be now against Marjorie Taylor Greene. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.